Welcome to the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast. Here's your host, Aaron Arnstein. Here with DH Ian Petrutz for the Maryland baseball team, episode five of the MBN Podcast. Ian, how are we doing this morning? I'm good, Aaron. How are you? Good. I'm good. A big win last night. So uh, let's start with that. You had a, a solo home or you had a home run. Uh, now five on the team that leads the team also leads the team with 13 hits. What's been the key to your success at the plate this season, hitting nearly 400? Um, just sticking to my approach has been huge for me. Um, uh, pitcher to pitcher, game to game, about that bat. Um, whether my approach the whole game is the same or it's different at bat to bat, the the key really has been just locking in on what I'm doing and what my plan is and really executing my plan. Um, I feel as though, um, I've really matured as a hitter, um, from last year. Um, my strike zones, uh, got a little smaller, um, from my perspective and I'm taking a lot of pitches this year that I would have swung at otherwise last year. Most of my outs are from me getting myself out, which when I look at it from like, like a third person point of view is really good and that's what i want i'm not really getting beat by pitchers um so now to take it further i have to just go day by day and just start to allow myself not to get myself out so and you talked about kind of you know controlling the strike zone and being patient uh what other th- anything key else that you worked on with swope during the off season well, we do a lot of like vision training through our the, the use of the V Flex uh, with Swoper. Uh, we use a lot of the V Flex and BP, um, and just everyday hitting. You'll see out of BP in front of the L screen that coach throws behind. Uh, he throws through a little hole, and that that just is really good. Um, just hitting through that tunnel. Um, and covering his legs, timing up the arm um, is huge for our vision. Uh, that's why we always lead the, lead the conference in walks, and we take pride in that. We take pride in taking balls and swinging at strikes. It's something that makes a really good offense, really good offense. Um, and I think we just, even though, even right now, like we're not doing that as well as we should be. And I know that the more comfortable we get, the better, better we'll get at that. So. And as a DH, what do you do to stay ready? You know, at any given moment, you're not going out in the field. You're you know, you're staying in the dugout while your team's in the field. What do you do to to stay ready for each at bat? Uh, so that's something I'm still like working on refining because obviously being a DH isn't something that I want my baseball career to like go down. That's mm-hmm. not. Um, but for now, that's my role, um, and I'm still. I'm still trying to learn how to keep my body ready and stay ready to hit, but also timing it so that I'm not peaking too early. Um, so there's a little bit that goes into it, but I do. I've been doing some stuff in the dugout with our trainer, um, a strength coach, where we'll do like some banded uh, hamstring stuff. Um, just some walking, pacing, uh, jogging, even if it's just jogging down to the bullpen, I do that 
quite often during the game. Um, and yeah, just keeping my legs moving um, and trying to stay peaked as best as I can. Um, but baseball is a weird game just because everything you do is zero to a hundred. Um, so just trying to stay, stay ready to go zero to a hundred is the most important part. And it's a little tricky, but I'm getting better at it. And I think it shows, you know, two of those five home runs have been grand slams, two big grand slams. Uh, what were the emotions like last Friday night at Swayze to hit that home run and give your team a commanding lead? Uh, the home run at Swayze was definitely, especially on Friday night, at Ole Miss was definitely a little more emotional um, than most. But it's in a moment that I know I was ready for and, like, I had a little conversation with my dad and just talking about what it was like down at Swayze. And it was kind of really interesting because I never felt nervous and never really felt panicked there. And I, and I think that's because like, I felt like I belonged, which is a little unique um, to feel like in in the moment and in the spotlight in front of 10,000 people feeling like you belong I think is a really unique feeling and something I definitely felt for the first time um so my at bats last week on Friday night probably were the most relaxed at bats I've had in my career I think in one of the loudest roughest environments that I've also had um so the emotions were definitely exciting um and it was it was cool to to really put it on them on Friday night because I think that Ole Miss is a team when they play at home that if they get a lead, they're gonna be really hard to beat. They're really hard to come back on at home. Just because when that crowd gets into it, it's really tough. Um and I think we learned a little bit on Saturday especially. Um but we get to play them again on Friday night and We'll get them away from Oxford, so we'll see a little how different they are. If they are a little different, if not, but but we'll see. We'll see how they are without that crowd, and you know, we'll just get back to work. And now let's rewind to March 3rd of 2022. That was your first collegiate home start against Delaware the last time you actually played the Blue Hens at home. So almost a year ago to the date, and I don't think a lot of people would have expected you to emerge as a, such a force in the lineup that you have so early in your career. So did you expect to have that success, that early, uh, you know, that early career success? And what have you done to enable yourself to have so much success at, at this level, whether it's on or off the field? Yeah, I don't really want to sound cocky or ultra confident, but I am, I'm ultra confident. I don't care that people never saw me having success. I mean, that's something I take pride in because every single second that I've been saying I'm coming to Maryland, Every single second I've been on campus, I never had a doubt that I would be a dude for this team. And I want to help this team as much as I can. And I want to help lead this team. And I'm going to continue to try and do that as best as I can. It doesn't matter to me what people think. It doesn't matter. Like, I've never, ever had a doubt in my head that I wasn't ready for this. Um, So. And and in terms of. Okay, what was the, the second question? Sorry. Yeah, in, in terms of enabling yourself to have so much success, whether it's on or off the field, what, what have you been doing? Um, just keeping my mind ready. Um, just 
I, I take a lot of pride in my mindset. Um, staying confident is really important. Um, doing the little things every single day, um, having small wins, uh, making my bed when I wake up, um, starting the day off with a win and then stacking wins from there, you know, getting my water in, staying hydrated, keeping my eyes healthy, keeping my body healthy and fed, um, getting my lifts in, getting my recovery in, um, treatment, um, just, you know, stacking small wins, I think, builds ultra confidence in yourself. And when you're ultra confident in yourself, it's really hard to fail. Um, so, yeah. And now going over to your brother, Gage, I know he committed to Maryland last year. What can Terps fans look forward to about your brother, Gage? Yeah, kid's a dude. I mean, my little brother's a man. He uh, He's one of the most exciting baseball players you'll ever get to see. And I really hope that one day Terps fans really do get to see him play because that kid is going to shine in every aspect of the game. Um, he's a catcher. He can really run. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. He's got a little bit of Luke Schlieger in him. <laughs> he's got a little bit of oomph in his step. So um, I'm really proud of him so far, and I just want him to keep doing what he's doing. But he'll be in the moment soon enough. Is he a high school class of 2026? Yeah, so he's a freshman this year. And so. how much of an influence uh, did pl- did you play into his decision to to play for the Terps? Um, I stayed away from his recruiting process a little bit. I answered his questions when he needed questions answered. Um, but I think his just love for grinding and his love for working hard um, and his love for just the coaches and what they have to offer um, – um, just Swoper's input and just the coaches' like family atmosphere and how loving they are and how caring, I think, is really just what made him want to be a Terp. Um, pretty similar to me. Um, but, um, yeah, I just tried to stay out of his recruiting process a little bit and I didn't really want to pressure him into anything um if if he had a phone call with a coach uh he would tell me how it was and i'm not gonna lie he said most of them were really poopy he didn't really like them um he said that like he said like a lot of them were just missing the emotion and love and care um and i know he's young um but that's what he wanted and you know he got it here um, and I know he made the right decision, and I know he knows he made the right decision, and I don't think for a second he ever regretted it, and he ever will regret it. And staying with the uh, the family theme, I know three big pillars in your life are family, faith slash community, and, and future. Can you explain why those three uh, aspects of your life are so important to you? Um, yeah, so I think just having – people to lean on is really important. Um, and knowing that those people are going to lean on you and that's community for sure. Um, but my family, like also a little bit to do with community is just having people to lean on and knowing that you can lean on them and trust them and they can do the same for you. Um, and having your parents be the first person you call when you get off the field is really special. Um, and, Along with faith, um, it gives you someone to thank. 
all the time for your successes and your failures. So just like that just builds purpose and purpose is huge um, because without purpose, we're nobody. So I just think that's, that's what's important. And something I've uh, I've seen on your Twitter before is is you love early morning hikes. Uh, what made you start doing this, and and why do you love them so much? I just like the sun. I mean, I love sunset. I love sunrises. I'm not really ashamed to be a cornball about it. Um, yeah, I just like watching the sunset. And I like watching the sunrise, and I think being in nature gives me a sense of freedom. Um. And it it makes me feel scared, I think. And I like that. I'm not really sure if I'm scared when I'm out there, but there's definitely moments when I am and your heart beats a little faster. And I kind of like being in situations like that. Um, I honestly think that's part of success on the field too, is just being able to survive when you feel like you shouldn't. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I really like the beauty of being alone um, and watching the sunrise and the sunset because I think God blesses us every day with a moment to take in um, something really beautiful. And I think we take it for granted sometimes and I try not to take it for granted ever. Mm-hmm. Has this always been something that you've uh, that you've loved to do, or is it more of a recent uh, thing that you started to do? No, I've probably been doing it since junior, like honestly, since COVID. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And in terms of uh, in terms of your mindset, I can tell you know your mind the your mindset is such a big part of your life, and you've talked about this in the past in terms of you know living every day to the fullest and trying to maximize each minute we have of each day. When did this, you know, mindset start and, and who inspired you to have this type of mindset? I've kind of always been like this, um, but really COVID, um, kind of when I started getting into hiking um, and being outside, so like sophomore year of high school slash COVID, and then kind of through COVID into my senior year, um, one of my good friends from home, Adam Sakura, and a bunch of his buddies um, you know, we just talk a lot and we have a lot of small group conversations and they're just like an inspiration to me to just keep going and understanding that failure is part of a journey and journeys aren't supposed to be straight up. Um, kind of like when you're going on a hike, um, there's some parts of it that are ridiculously easy and some parts that are ridiculously hard. And I, that's why I think that hiking relates to life. Um, because for the most part, nothing we do is easy and you're always going to have obstacles. Um, it's just about facing them and getting up um, and not getting too down on yourself when you're losing. Like, you can't beat yourself up. You can't panic. You just got to know that it's all going to be all right as long as you keep your head down and keep grinding. And what of some of your uh, fa- favorite hikes that, hikes that you've been on uh, over the past few years? Uh, during summer ball this year. Um, I was up in the PGCBL for the Amsterdam Mohawks and I met some of my closest friends for life. And um, we did some pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff. Um, We did 
four of the high peaks in the Adirondacks. Um, I don't recall what some of them are called, but we did the first one barefoot at wow. two in the morning. At two in the morning. Um, it was ridiculously cold, but damn near the prettiest thing I've ever seen in, in my life when we got to the top. Um, yeah, I don't – this, this summer definitely showed me some of the best ones. And in terms of doing that barefoot, was that uh, was that part of a plan? Was there any any reason uh, reason for doing so? I just didn't feel like wearing shoes, and two, it was a little easier without shoes, and three, I like doing things that are really hard, and that was one of them. <laughs> Everyone thought I was nuts for it, but I didn't think I was crazy. Hmm. <laughs> I just thought I was living. And I want to ask you a, a quick food question. I've seen on your Twitter uh, before. You know, you're 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 a big meat guy. So if you had to uh, pick your ideal ideal appetizer, you know, entree main course, uh, what would it be? It, it could be meat. It could be something else. What would you uh, What would you pick? For appetizer, I'd probably go with like an A five wagyu carpaccio. Um, with what exactly is that? Uh, for those who may not know that. We'll do like a raw wagyu, uh, which is a really fine cut of meat. Uh, we'll do like a raw wagyu, slice it up, chop it up, and I'm trying to think what I would serve it with. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like probably some kind of like focaccio or some kind of bread, um, some kind of sourdough, garlic breadish type thing. Um, for the main, I'd probably go with a tomahawk, ribeye cooked medium rare. Um, and then I would go with like a side of potato, mm. some potatoes, and mm. I don't even know if I'd want dessert after that. But if I did, I'd probably go with like a chocolate mousse or something. Mm. Sounds good. <laughs> Getting me hungry now. That does sound good. Yeah. Are you uh Are you big into a into a big a big cooking guy? Big yeah, girl? I love I love cooking. Cooking is one of my biggest hobbies, hmm. and I want to open a restaurant one day. So, really? yeah. And in terms of in terms of your love for that, has that been something that you've just always been into? Is that more something because of COVID that you started to like? Uh, COVID more so, but definitely my whole life I've been into cooking. I've really been into that. Um, I just find food is something that we need. We need food to survive. Um, so I just think, why not make it the best you can every single day? Why not eat the best you can? There's no reason not to. Whether money's low or money's high, um, you can always. I've learned to make some unreal meals for five dollars. Mm-hmm. So I don't have dining hall here. I cook almost every night, um, and my meals don't miss. Some guys on the team say. <laughs> <laughs> That uh kind of leads into my next question is how often do you cook for the uh, for the other guys of the team? Do you ever have you know big uh big big gatherings where you you know invite a lot of your teammates over and you cook for them? Uh yeah, we do uh cookouts um Mondays in season for the most part. Um some depending on weather and depending on a few other things. We do some cookouts and I always on the grill there. And then last night even I had um, some guys and girlfriends over after our game and we just made some steak and talked and chilled 
relaxed a little bit. We had steak and sweet potato fries and some zucchini with feta. It was good. Solid, solid. And just going back to uh, something you just said, you said you made some pretty good meals for five dollars. Uh, what, what could you, uh, could you tell us some of those, some of those meals that you made on a, such a low budget? Well, that's not. I don't even think personally that five dollars is cheap. I mean, you can get a pound of chicken for nine dollars. So you grab one chicken breast, that's like a dollar fifty. You get onions for. 45 cents shallots for 45 cents you get potatoes for 99 cents at trader joe's and they're unreal massive um right there you're looking at like four bucks and from that you can make you can make you could fry up some chicken breast um slice it and then put it over top of like a potato with onions like caramelized onions and right there you have a meal for four bucks and that thing will fill you up so, yeah, it's, I mean, just budgeting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You know, I, I never thought of that that way. But, yeah, you could make a pretty good meal for four, for four or five dollars. Uh, I, I want to move on to uh, talking about your trip to Africa. Uh, you know, I, I saw a few pictures on Instagram. Uh, looked, like a, looked like a great experience. Looked like you had a great time. So could you just describe a little bit to me, uh, you know, what went into that, deciding to uh, take the trip to Africa? Yeah, so uh, my girlfriend's from South Africa, and her family still lives there, and she goes to school up at Towson. Um, and kind of we've been planning it since last August. And we, uh, yeah, so she goes home every winter, and I was just tagging along this year. And the experience of a lifetime for sure, and to say I'll be back is an understatement. And what, what made that trip so so special to you? Um, just being able to see a continent on the other side of the world um, and seeing the way people live like there is very unique. Um, just the animals, um, you know, like there's nothing like being five feet from an elephant. It's unbelievable. It's Kind of like I was saying about hiking, it just takes like, just need to find the words. It takes like, it kind of just takes you back a little bit and makes you feel like so small. And there's something about feeling so small that I really, really like. It just puts things into perspective. Um, and there's something about like being there that just makes you feel so blessed to and grateful for what we have. Um, it makes you feel human just because the wildlife there is so important and so vital and so different. Like can't, you can go to a zoo any day of the week, but I don't, I'm never going to go to a zoo ever again in my life. It's like the way they treat animals and stuff. It's, the way it's supposed to be over there and that's really really cool um but also just the people i mean just seeing how some people live there um you know people here have no right to complain at all ever for their situation and i wholeheartedly mean that and i will always say that um 
if people want to complain about their situation, I can take them to some places now. And I know I get to say that. So, yeah. And you were on a, was it safari? Was that what you yeah. were doing? Okay. What, what were some of your, uh, your favorite experiences, your, your, uh, the, the coolest, the coolest things you saw? So on week two, oh, oh, actually, let me start with this. Okay, so you want to talk about a welcoming to Africa. <laughs> and this goes into my love for nature a little bit and just being out there in the wilderness and stuff is my luck. I've learned a lot about my luck through being, through being somewhere where luck's the only thing that matters. And... So guess I want you to take a guess at the only and the the very first animal that I saw while I was there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess and say a cheetah. No, terrible guess, terrible guess, Aaron. I'm sorry. That's oh. just bad. It, it was a terrapin. Really, it was a terrapin. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, that is wild. I would have never yeah. guessed that in a million years. I know that's crazy. I never thought I'd see a terrapin. I didn't even know they were a real thing. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah so that was really cool um and then i got to be right next to some cheetahs um that night on my first game drive um we're kind of watching them stalk a little bit looking for a kill uh but never actually went out for a kill so we hung out with them for a little while and then the next morning we woke up to see a pride of lions right in front of our lodge um right in front of our tent and as soon as we got out for morning game drive, they had a kill. They were right on the kill, right on the tree line, and we were about three feet from them um, with a with a kill. So that was really cool. Uh, I was with an impala, and all the cubs and stuff were there feeding on it, and that was really cool. Any uh, uh any those... No, I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, any any other moments that uh, that really stuck out to you? Like, I think you're about to say something. Um, a few. Um, a, oh, okay. So we were eating dinner. Um, at the lodge, and the tent is very open. Um, and there's it's small, so there's only like six other guests with you. Um, and we're all you eat dinner together. Everybody eats dinner all together, and we're eating dinner. And there's a, like a little pool and we turn around and there's an elephant drinking from the pool. Like, right. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like we're sitting on the deck like right here and the elephant's like right here, like right behind me, just drinking from the pool. So really cool. Um, what else? Um, that's about it. I mean, there's just some really cool things that like, you kind of have to just be there to see. Um, words don't, won't ever do that place justice. And I mean that, um, you just, you have to go experience it. And if you don't, like, I definitely had some opinions before I went and no, I had no idea what it would be like. And after I got to see it, I was like in all. So. And is that something that, uh, that you're really into in terms of traveling different places, you know, whether it's across the United States or across the world, are you a big traveler? Yeah, um, I love traveling. Uh, me and my girlfriend went to some Caribbean islands uh, in the summer after summer ball. And after the Cape this year, I plan on backpacking Costa Rica. Um, I don't know whether that's going to be solo or with a few friends, but for my 21st birthday, I had a few options. It was like Nashville, 
Costa Rica and some other places. And I was like, mom and dad, I think I just really want to go do Costa Rica. I want to backpack it in the rainy season. Um, so yeah, I want to do that. That's next. <laughs> great, great. What's next for Ian Petrutz? I was in Costa Rica over uh, over the uh, the winter break. It wasn't the okay. rainy season, but uh, yeah, I did. I think you really enjoy. It. I'm a big nature guy too. Yeah. It's uh, pretty cool. Pretty I'm cool. sure it was even better out of the rainy season, but oh, yeah. I'm gonna of it too while it's cheap. Exactly. Hey, gotta uh, oh. gotta use your money money wise. So, I yeah. want to go to the rainforest anyway. Um, so I think seeing it in the rainy season would only be better. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go see some volcanoes too. So great, great. And uh, let's let's uh, I'll ask you one more about the about the traveling in terms of some of your all time favorite trips. I imagine South Africa is up there. Uh, what are some of your other uh, one? What are some of your other all time favorite trips? And then what what were they? Uh, South Africa is a hard number one. Pretty <laughs> Um, I think just because of a mix of the time I spent there, the people, um, the animals, the environment, that's the food. That's number one. Number two, um, I'm going to have to go with a little younger trip uh, when I was about 16 down in Mexico uh, with my best friend. Um, that was ball. That was such a good time. And then probably three would be St. Martin. Um, that island was just unreal. Um, the people there were so friendly. It was so local. Um, and it was just, it was a really cool, really unique island. So St. Martin at three. Wait, then, what's up? No, no, keep, keep going. Keep going. Um, and then, eh, I don't know. That's the top three. It's just the top three. Mm -hmm. And then, I think four and five, a lot of that's in the mountains, to be honest. Um, just like moments in the mountains. I would have to find what like the ones from the summer are called, like up in that around X. I mean there's only fourteen of them, so it'd be hard to narrow it down. But yeah. So my favorite country, some of my favorite mountains and moments, and that's about it. And is something uh something you like to do when you go to different countries is meet the locals and meet the people that that make the country so special? Yeah, I mean St. Martin isn't really a big like getaway. It's not a really a big resort place. We stayed in a little Airbnb, my girlfriend and I. Um and so we stayed like with locals pretty much. And um kind of got to live like them for a week, um, shop at their markets and talk to them and speak their language um, is really cool. They're really unique. You get to gain some perspective on people um, and how they are. And yeah, that's definitely something I like to do. I think that if you're not going to travel to do that, then don't travel at all. Um, you're just kind of wasting money for pure pleasure. Um, and I think if you just spend your life chasing pure pleasure, then you're going to miss out on the small things. That's, that's great advice. Uh, let's, let's end on this. Uh, you know, I, you, you give, you've given some great advice in this, uh, in this, uh, podcast episode. Uh, I'm going to ask you for, for one more, for one more advice to our listeners, for, for anybody listening out there, what advice do you have for them on bettering themselves every day and making sure that they're living their lives to the fullest? Yeah. You know, I'm only 20. Um, I'm still learning too. Um, we all make mistakes. Um, 
it's just about how you bounce back from it. You got to keep your head up. You have to learn not to panic. Trust God. Trust yourself. Trust the work that you put in. Um, and just keep going. I mean, put your head down. Just keep going. And failure is a part of life. Success is a part of life. But don't be that person that rides the wave. Don't only be happy when you're doing good. Always be the best person you can be. Be the best friend you can be. Be happy. Pick up trash. Clean your dugout. Help your teammates. Have their back all the time. Just never for a second think that that stuff's overlooked because I promise you it's not. It all comes back. The world always comes full circle. Um, and what you put in is what you're going to get out. So, yeah, that's it. But like I said, I'm only 20 years old and I'm still learning. Um, and maybe one day I'll have life figured out, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> hey, well, Ian, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I think it's safe to say you're you're wise beyond your years. So I think you gave us some great advice and great stories today. And I uh, really appreciate you having on for the MBM podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. You're the man.